Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, welcome everybody back to The Curtain Call. Uh, my name is Shane Kubis, contributor to Still Curtain. And joining me today, as always, is Tommy Jagai, editor of StillCurtain.com. A lot to talk about today, Tommy. We had a big win against the Packers at home to kind of end off our three-game homestand, but it was still a little too similar to how we win every other game this year. So there's still things we're going to be upset about, things we need to talk about. Some good things, though, for sure. So we won't be all negative like we kind of are sometimes with this team as much as we <laughs> kind of feel the need to be. But definitely a big one at home to, to get the record to 6-3. and three. So just any thoughts on the game before we get started? Yeah, I mean, the outcome is right. The means to getting there, as always, mm-hmm. is uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the Steelers are sitting at 6-3. and three. They're three games above 500, miraculously uh, entering Week 11. And so uh, they've got a chance. I mean, if, if anything else, you can't say they don't have a chance to get into the postseason at this point. Right, and that's kind of the frustrating thing is, like, I think that fans who look at things objectively know that, okay, we're not a great team, but we keep finding ways to win, and it's typically in very similar fashion. So, and we'll talk about this more as a talking point later. But like at some point, it starts to become like, is it sustainable? Even though it really seems like it isn't. You know, is there just something about this team? But we'll get into more of that later. But I definitely agree with you as far as like I would just love to see a win that isn't something I have to worry about with two seconds left in the game, like we had to worry about in this game. Uh, luckily, yes. get the turnover as we always do at the right time, but. Um, let's start with some positives, right? So there is some positives to take away from this game, of course, other than just the win. Uh, so this running game is back in full force. But I think the question for a lot of fans, and I know for myself after last week when they did a similar thing on the ground, will it last? Because we saw last year mm-hmm. at this time of the year, we really kicked things up a notch on the, on the uh, ground there, got Jalen Warren and Najee Harris going at the same time. More of the same in this game, both over 80 yards and over five yards of carry. Warren with a slightly bigger day, but still both really good you know, games for the running backs. Do we think it's going to last in the season as our season does get a little bit more difficult schedule-wise? Yeah, the trend is kind of like it was last year, Shane, right? It started off really mm-hmm. rough. Uh, and it's getting progressively better as the season goes on. I know that, that last year the Steelers finished as a top 10 rushing unit if mm-hmm. you just look at the, the second half of the year. And so I think that it, it's it's certainly possible for the trend to continue going this direction. I think part of it is personnel. Obviously, you get yeah. Broderick Jones on the field, yep. a guy who's needed to be out there really this whole time, considering <laughs> yeah. how, how dismal the, the offensive tackle situation was. Uh, beforehand and I went back and, and watched that game Shane that the following morning mm-hmm. my goodness Broderick is a beast like he's got just so much upside that there are there there's honestly there's there's few tackles young tackles in the NFL right now that I would feel comfortable trading him for because I think yeah. that if he can reach that ceiling as sloppy as his mechanics and his footwork can be <laughs> at times he's just so strong in that frame and it's unbelievable and so I think that that adds a lot to it I think Siamalo's getting more comfortable yep. he's been way better uh, in recent weeks than he was starting off the year. I thought he had a really rough start uh, to making this transition from Philly where you're wedged in between two really good football players and going to the Steelers offensive line is a a bit of a different dynamic there, but he's really coming into his own. Uh, James Daniels is having a pretty strong season. And so I think that things are starting to mesh. They're starting to go in the right direction. And as much as we don't like Dan Moore, uh, he is a better run blocker at least than he is a pass protector. And so he can at least, He can at least help them out periodically in that regard. And so uh, I think that looking ahead to the schedule, uh, they got the the rough three-game stretch to close out the year. And obviously, the Browns have a really good defense, so this they is going to be a real challenge for them mm-hmm. uh, right now uh, in Week 11. But I think that it's it's very possible for the run game to get not, as, not, not the 205-yard performance like we saw last week, but an efficient rushing performance basically the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at, too, where I, it's hard to expect 200-plus yards rushing, right, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's just not many teams do that, you know, any week, let alone consistently. I mean, I know the Ravens back in, like, 2019 when they had MVP Lamar and 
running with Ingram and him, like they were running for like 200 yards, but like at will. Yeah. But that, that was because it was by design and they had the players to do that where the Steelers, it is by design, but they don't have quite the same infrastructure that teams like that have had. So I do think it's going to be consistently good the rest of the year. I do think it's it, the problem with it is can they pair it? And we'll talk about this later with Kenny Pickett. Can they pair it with a passing game that can take the pressure off of them to be able to have that be the identity against better teams? Because last year it, yeah. it did feel like the, the competition level you know kind of fell off the cliff and that helped them. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year it's more of a just scheme and a player driven change where you have Robert Jones out there, like you said, the running backs are playing better. Najee still needs to maybe stop hitting, you know, the triangle button so often and trying to hurdle people. <laughs> but outside of that, he's been very good in recent weeks. Like it's all coming together, but it is gonna get harder as the season goes along. So we'll see how that plays out. Um the next thing here, this is more of just kind of sad news, not negative, not positive, just kind of disappointing. Steelers lose yet another linebacker for the year with Quan Alexander going down with the torn Achilles, which that seems like it's happening more this year than ever, which is upsetting for me too. Yeah. But you know, what do they do now with no Holcomb or Alexander? And I'm curious because I have some thoughts on it specifically, but what do you think with that? Yeah, you mentioned the Achilles. That's a sore subject for me. I'm actually yeah, I know. in the process yeah. of recovering from my Everybody's own Achilles rupture. It, you know? like it's you it's not a fun. I I will say I started it, though. And these guys are following me, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Kirk exactly. Cousins, though. And we're up. all in that. I, I I don't want to put myself up there. I'm not as old as Rodgers. But, right. I mean, we're getting – when you get in the, your early 30s, though, uh, you're, you're more susceptible to that kind of stuff. And so, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a big loss for the Steelers. It's a really, really big loss, so you, which we couldn't do. And I thought about this before. I don't think I ever wrote about it. But the one thing they couldn't afford to have happening at the linebacker position is you couldn't lose this exact combination. You could not yeah. lose Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander. Like, you, it would be all right if you – I mean, when I say all right, I mean more sustainable uh, for success if you would lose a combination of Holcomb and Roberts or right. Roberts and Alexander. You lose the two guys that can move well in space, the two guys that have a little bit of coverage chops at least and, and have made some plays in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And but now you are left with literally just the downhill thumping run defenders who are lumbering and cumbersome out in space. And I think it's going to be disastrous, Shane. If I'm to be quite honest, I, I again I don't want to be that that glass half empty type of guy, but I'm just trying to be a realist here. Yeah, I've seen enough of Mark Robinson, enough of Landon Roberts over the years for Roberts, for sure. And Robinson, the sample size that I've seen, at least coming into the league last year, these guys just are not fluid movers in space. They're not fast. Neither of them have recovery speed. That was on display uh, against the Packers uh, when they were forced to play a lot of snaps. And it, it created some massive uh, open lanes, open passing really lanes did. down the field and down the seam. And and I'm Luke Musgrave made that look easy against those guys. So you go against a David Njoku this week or any, any sort of talented football player who can just long stride past these guys. I am very concerned about it. And now the question becomes, will the Steelers do anything about it? By the looks of it, Shane, Mike Tomlin just had his Tuesday press conference. It doesn't look like Pittsburgh's planning to add help at the linebacker position. Personally, I think that's going to prove to be the wrong move. I think that you need a guy. Honestly, even at this point, if you had a Tanner Muse back, like if you had that type of player back, a guy that can, and that's like very, very low bar here, but, a guy that can give you something in coverage. And I just, I'm not convinced they have that on the roster. I don't, I'm not convinced they have it on the practice squad. All these guys are unproven. I just don't know what you have there. And so I think that uh, it would be in their benefit to look for a third down linebacker. The problem is the the free agent pickings are pretty slim right now. You're getting some guys that are like nearing like retirement age and have been out of football for a little bit. And so uh, it, it's kind of unfortunate in a way that the trade deadline has already passed uh, 14 days ago now. And because, uh, it had that been an option or had the trade deadline not been until mid November, then I I really think the Steelers would have been looking to make a move for like a three down linebacker. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the key thing here is I think if they don't make a move, it's not necessarily because they are okay with a linebacker group, with those two out. I just think they don't see the value in the options available to them. Right. Where you have to bring in somebody who doesn't know the system necessarily, who would take some time to get used to everything. Wouldn't be able to be the green dot guy like Roberts can be like, I, I think that's probably the main reason why if there is no move, that's it's, it's for that reason. Like, mm-hmm. I do think, unfortunately, if they don't make a move, the only thing they can do internally, in my opinion, is go to more safe, like three safety looks, have Keanu Neal out there, like especially once Mika gets back. 
let Neil, because he's not a deep safety. He's not a true safety at this yeah. point in his career. If you drop him into the box, let him cover guys in that range, you know, he's going to have better success than he would playing traditional safety. So I think that's an option. But again, it's just without those two out there, you really don't have a true linebacker on the team that can do anything except run forward. And Roberts is great at what he does. He's a very good run defender. He can blitz, yeah. all this stuff. But this was not supposed to be his job. This was not supposed to be, you know, three down linebacker Landon Roberts. Like that's just not. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he he knows that, and every and the team knows it. But that's probably what they're going to ask him to do, at least in the short term. And I, I do think it's going to have a negative impact in the passing game. I will say the only benefit is with him being out there most of the snaps. The run defense should improve a little bit, and maybe that helps offset things a little bit, especially against teams like the Browns who don't who kind of struggle throwing down the field, things like that. But it's still going to be a liability in coverage, like you said. They're going to be able to attack him when he's on the field more than ever now that he's going to be playing so many snaps. So it is unfortunate. You hope that both these guys can come back and continue their careers, especially Holcomb because he, his injury wasn't as yeah. you know as far as like returning to the NFL isn't as serious. But Alexander, I believe, already has a torn Achilles. I don't know if it's the same one or same leg. I don't think it was, but just tough, t- tough luck mm-hmm. for a guy who's going to get a lot of opportunities with Holcomb out too. So. It's rough, and I've had both yeah. of those injuries, Shane. I, yeah. I came back healthy from the the ACL, and so I have no doubt that Holcomb's going to be able yeah, to do sure that. Uh, hopefully, I don't know where Quan is. Quan is a little bit later in his career. He's already yeah. had more wear and tear on his body, and so that one's a little bit more of a mystery. You talked about uh, playing more dime. I'm all for more dime. I yeah. just I, I wish the Steelers had better personnel for that, too. I know, you need, exactly. You need a lot of corners, and you need safeties who can play in the box and I'm not thrilled with what I've seen from Keanu Neal so far yeah. either. And so uh, maybe, maybe an option is to go out and get another safety. Maybe an option is to play Elijah Riley more. Cause I was actually I th- pleased with what I saw. I think there. he does need to play more, especially if they need to go to three safeties until Mink is back. And I think once he is back, I think he should be the third safety. If they're going to a true safety, right? Maybe not him yeah. as like the inbox player over Neal, but just because of the size mm-hmm. difference, but I do think he needs to play more because he at least plays with speed. Like he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he comes full speed. And you could tell that he has a little bit of an uptick compared to some of the other guys in the roster right now. So yeah, Definitely it might, it might be a, just a, a, a sense of just getting creative, I think at this point and see where guys fit, because yeah. I mean, if I go, if, if I'm watching Steelers football and I see Roberts and Mark Robinson out there on like a third and 13, like, you know, I mean, you, you know, a seam coming. <laughs> Yeah, something. Yeah, something yeah, up the hot route in that Some, thing. Yeah, something in the middle of the field, and I mean there was wide open players for the Packers in this game. Oh and yeah, that, and that was honestly even before Quan went down. It, this this defense just isn't good at consistently keeping teams away from that part of the field, and they're probably not going to be, especially with Minka out. And you know, hopefully he gets back, and that'll help out a little bit. But the big plays are going to happen with this defense. It's just can they make enough plays? on their end of things to offset that. And so far the answer has been yes for the most part. So exactly. Kind of and it, we get to the point though, where we're wishing we had Devin Bush back. We got, that's what, yeah, problems, that'll so be, let's hope we don't get, get there. Back. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, but also just want to mention everybody, if you are watching, please drop any questions you have in the chat, you know, whether it's about what we're talking about or just about the Steelers in general, um, we will talk more about the game specifically on our show tomorrow and preview the next game against the Browns, but definitely make sure that you ask any questions you might have for us today. Uh, let's move on to something that honestly makes me just it, it hurts every time I see it because it just doesn't make sense. Like my brain can't compute it. The Steelers have been outgained in every game despite their six and three record. How long can it go on before we kind of have to call it sustainable? Right. Because we can sit here and say that this is ridiculous. It makes no sense. All, all the cliches, talking points, but they keep doing it. And it kind of feels almost by design at this point. I know it's not. I'm sure Tom would tell you, like, yeah, I'd love to go out and get 400 yards. I'd love to beat a team by 20 points. But we just aren't that team right now. And, like, he's making it work. But mm-hmm. what do you think about this in general? Yeah, I mean, there's, like, an old saying that's, like, you got to do something, like, 22 times for it to become right. a habit or something that way. I don't know if we're there yet, but you can no, find no. the last couple seasons <laughs> of getting out gained and still finding ways to win football games. Yeah, Shane, you and I, I think, both agree that, this is not the this is not the the method in which you want to be able to win football games. Like right. if, you, if the other teams right. outgain you by eighty yards in a contest and you are outgaining every single game, I mean they're the first team in NFL history. What can I yes. say that to to operate this way? And so my thought process has always kind of been the same. I, I think that this can work for the regular season. Yeah, 
until I know that until I see this work uh, in the postseason where it's really going to matter and you know that you're going up against good teams and you're going to have to play, I mean, realistically for against four good opponents in a row to become Super Bowl champions. I don't think it's sustainable for that, but I think it's good enough for the regular season that can help you get into the postseason. Now, the 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 hope would be, Shane, that by the time we play the, this back half of the season here, can the team improve enough where you are breaking even in in terms of uh, not getting outgained anymore? Can, can you be even with your opponent? Can you right. rise above that? Can Pickett make strides? Those are the questions uh, that we need to see answered. And if they don't get answered, I mean, the Steelers are probably going to be one and done uh, when it comes to the playoffs. Maybe they'll get past the wild card round. I don't see them going much further uh, if they are routinely outgained the way that they have been. And so I think that, that I mean, chalk it up to uh, great plays in clutch moments by their defense. The running game is assisting some. Unfortunately, the running game just analytically doesn't equate to putting a lot of points on the board. It can help give their defense a little bit of rest and it helps uh, move the chains. But we just, I, we need to see better results overall. It's just, it's just, they're not winning these types of games the way that we'd want them to. Even you look at this Packers game, they had 10 days to prepare for Green Bay because Steelers played Thursday night. So they get 10 days to prepare for a really young offense, a really depleted team missing Jair Alexander and Quay Walker among, among other uh, important players. And you come in and, and you win this game by four points. And not only that, there was a lead change with under two minutes uh, in the third quarter before the Steelers finally retook the lead in that game. And so it's just, it's one of those things where you'd like to be able to see them win comfortably. We have not seen that in quite some time now. And I think the thing I want to preface with this too is like this stat is unprecedented. Like what they're doing is literally unprecedented in NFL history. Mm -hmm. Since they started tracking rushing and receiving yards and, and passing yards and everything uh, since 1933, right? No team has had a winning record this deep into a season and being outgained in every game. Like it just, it doesn't happen. It's not happened. And I think I will say there's no better team to do it than this team. Like there is no team in NFL history that I would bet on being able to do that except for this football team in particular. And I think the thing that scares me the most is we are seeing almost a like hyper version of the Vikings last year where they are clearly not as good as their 13 and four record. They're winning a bunch of close games. They're getting shut out or almost shut out in games where they were losing but they, they managed to win all these one-score games because of their offense. Now, in this case, it's more of our defense, so it's just a flip there. And I would say it's a little bit more sustainable because of the fact that our defense is so heavily based on turnovers and they're so good at it. They, they make these turnovers. But you can't tell me, watching this team, that, yes, they're 6-3. and three. Your record is what you are, theoretically, but you can't look at this team and tell me that they're as good as the Niners, who are 6-3, and three, the Dolphins, who are 6-3. and three. Like even teams, the Texans, who they lost to, were five and four. You can't tell me that this team is better in general than them. And I think that's the concern because I think if you continue to win this way, Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan are going to be able to say, okay, well, it's working. We're winning. We're winning games. Mm -hmm. It's not pretty. It's not this or that, but we're winning games. And even if they don't win in the playoffs, they're just going to be able to do the same thing they've always done, which is, oh, we just need to tweak a few things in the offseason. We need to add a couple more players. We need to do this, do that. But it's it's much more complex than that. This is the issue with this team and the reason why they can't win games comfortably against really anybody. It seems like is because it's their identity. They've literally created a situation where they kind of pigeonhole themselves into saying, "Okay, we can win a lot of games, but only this way. There's no other avenue mm -hmm. to win." Where other teams, the Chiefs, for years, obviously, it's been Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and before he left, Tyreek Hill winning games. And then in the playoffs, our defense would come alive because Spagnuolo is a really good defensive coordinator, all that. Now, without so much of the offensive firepower and the Chiefs aren't getting as much out of Mahomes and Kelsey and guys, excuse me, guys like that, all of a sudden their defense has kicked it up a notch. Spagnuolo's like, all right, I guess I got to really coach them up right now. I got to you know, hit it hard. And they're still winning games. They're still the best team in the AFC in terms of record. Like, they have other ways to win. The Ravens have other mm -hmm. ways to win. Obviously, they have ways to lose that we don't have ways to lose. But like, there's, there's ways that other teams in the NFL that are a similar caliber in terms of record are able to win, and we only really have our way to win. And in the playoffs, yeah. you can't bet on that, right? It's not, it's no longer like a 50-50 mm -hmm. shot like a lot of playoff games are. It's really more of a 25-75 shot, and you got to hope that you catch a team on a bad day. You got to hope the turnover battle swings your way. You got to hope that Kenny doesn't throw the ball away. 
like he almost did in this game to Keyshawn Nixon on the sideline, trying to force the ball into Deontay Johnson. Like that play happens. Who knows? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the deciding factor in the game. They're playing on this razor thin edge that I feel like as a fan, it's really hard to watch this team every week because you're always on edge. You're like, can they pull it off? But the, at the same time, like you almost don't worry about it because you know that they do. Like this is how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I see fans talk all the time on Twitter, and we see them say like, oh, you know, they're six and three. Why are you so mad about the team? Like, oh, you know, they're 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 good. They have to be. And like, there's underlying things with this team that, regardless of your bias, regardless of how you feel about them. Even they, I think, in the bottom of their heart, know that this is not a contending football team. This is a team that is really scrappy. They're coached by the, maybe the scrappiest coach in the history of the sport, like all that. But they're making it harder on themselves. They're making it so that way they have to win ugly. When really, I don't think there's teams that win this way normally are, are not as talented as the Steelers are overall. And I think that's really what's frustrating. If they were a bad football team at the core, and they were doing this, I'd be thrilled. I'd be like, oh, you're showing what you can do. You're showing how good of a coach team this is, all this stuff. But honestly, I think they should be 6-3, and three, not because of the way they're winning, but just because they're that good. I think they're talented enough to be 6-3. and three. But they're not winning in the way you'd want them to win being 6-3 and three with the talent they have. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Shane, because I feel like the stars have almost had to align like week yeah. in and week out. Like There's so many factors that have to take place for a Steelers win. Like You need a big... Uh, you need splash plays by your defense. Yes. They have to come in those clutch moments, which we've seen is check that box. Mm-hmm. The Steelers can't turn the ball over when they turn the ball over, they lose. And so it, it, there's so many things that have to happen. And if you miss one of those check boxes or heaven forbid, you miss a couple of those checks, bo- check boxes. That's when you lose 30 to six to the, the Texans or, or, or 30 to seven to the 49ers. Like you have to be firing on all of those things. And that's what makes it so hard and so, uh, unsustainable, I would say, because as, as fortunate as they've been early on, I just can't see that trend continue where it's like you can play mistake free football and you get splash plays on defense and they come uh, in the crucial moments of the game and Kenny Pickett gets that final drive or whatever. It's like, I, I just don't know how long this can keep up because when it comes to the eye test, when it comes to on paper, like this team is, I mean, it's hard to argue that they're average sometimes when you when you look across the board at everything and so i do agree with you i think that they have talent they have some promise i think their their 2023 draft class is going to be awesome like i i am so excited about what we're going to get out of these guys here obviously watt's still going strong high smith is having his best season uh and this is where i cautioned uh those fans who didn't like that deal at the time to say he's never going to have more than 14 and a half sacks again that might be true doesn't mean he's not going to be a better player and he has been a better player this year. And so get Minka back healthy. I mean, that can help out a lot. They've had a lot of injuries to overcome too, Shane. So it's not like they've had a fully healthy roster altogether at the same time. And so uh, we'll see what this team looks like down the stretch. I don't think this is sustainable. So they're going to have to make improvements specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And even on their defense, like they can just, they give up so many chunk plays and so much overall yardage is why they get outgained every game because you do you are porous in your defense. You have holes in your secondary. You're going to have holes at linebacker now. How can they overcome this? You've got a healthy fr- uh, defensive front at least, and so the combination of Watt, Hayward, Benton now, and Highsmith getting after the quarterback uh, in providing quick pressure can help a lot. I don't know if it's going to be an over, enough to overcome everything else, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think the thing I would love to see them do ultimately before we get to our last topic, and that'll be a big one. We'll probably spend a good amount of time on that. Um, I just want to see them combine the resiliency and the ability to be clutch in those situations with being able to push the issue a little bit, to force the issue offensively. Because as much as – I think the bend-don't-break style of defense is totally fine in today's NFL because you're going to give up yards in the NFL generally, right? Like Unless you have like a – Back to front, unbelievably talented defense that on all levels is hard to attack, which just most teams don't have, obviously. It's really hard to not give up a decent amount of yards in, in the through the air, especially nowadays. However, at some point, if you're going to play that way, there's going to be weeks, and we've seen against the Niners, the Texans, obviously. Uh, there's going to be weeks where it just doesn't work, right, where they are able to get in the ends and they are able to consistently just get scoring drives. And the offense just can't cope with that like we have yet to score more than 24 points in a game this year 
I until that happens, there's always going to be the question of are you going to run into a buzzsaw one day? Where even a team like obviously the Texans, who have shown much more since they played the Steelers, it's not just the Steelers that it happened to, but a team that you're not expecting to be a powerhouse on offense come out and just drop 35 points mm-hmm. on you. Can you fight back? Like we have the opposite problem of the Chargers right now. And I, I want to bring them up because people look at Justin Herbert and there's legitimately people. Now, again, I think that sometimes they're trolling, but sometimes they're not, whatever that believe that Justin Herbert is the problem with the Chargers and that his record is only for him to stand on. And then you, but you look, it's like, well, he, he didn't give up 41 points to the lions. He scored 38 (laughs) points and they'd be like, well, he lost. So it doesn't matter. But then they look at Kenny Pickett. They're like, well, he's, he's six and three or, you know, six and two, I guess, technically, because he missed the Jaguars game. He's obviously doing what he needs to do to win. It's like, they're not winning because of him, though. They're not losing because of him, I would say, in general, because they're not really giving him the opportunity to lose a game most of the time. But I think with quarterbacks, it's really important. We're going to talk about Kenny here in a second. That an offense in general, mm. if you can't go toe to toe with the best offenses consistently, there's going to be weeks where you just can't win. And in the playoffs, guess who you're going to face three out of four times, probably one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, especially in the AFC that houses most of those players. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, you're probably going to have to go through either Miami or, or Cincinnati if they make it in or now maybe not the bills cause they're having their own issues, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, we beat the Ravens, but the Ravens are always going to be somebody you have to worry about too. Like all these teams have signal callers that can elevate their team. And no matter how good your defense is or isn't, there's going to be some weeks where they just say too bad. We're better than you. And that's what I worry about going to the playoffs. But I want to talk more about that. We're going to talk about this with our last topic here. Kenny Pickett struggles yet again in this game, having one of his least productive days, at least in a game where he started the whole way, right? Can he be the Steelers franchise quarterback, or is he just simply a bridge guy? And I've been trying to avoid really kind of making a determination on this because we've seen how frustrating the offense is and everything. But I know you have some thoughts on this, so I want to let you kind of kick things off with that. Yeah, this one, it, it's such a sticky topic because the fan base, I, I think the fan base is split right down the middle. You've yeah, got I the guys that, that are in Kenny Pickett's corner and you got the guys that have always been against Kenny Pickett and mm-hmm. against the draft pick. I was against the draft pick. Yeah. I'm trying not to let that factor in in my evaluation of Pickett. I said mm-hmm. when they drafted him and repeatedly after that, I really, really want to be wrong about my initial evaluation i had pick at 48th overall on my board i thought he was he was closer to being a a late second round pick than where he was selected by the steelers 20th overall i, I want to be wrong about that and so i'm not going to try to jump to conclusions having said that shane i've now watched 21 22 games a picket where i go back and i watch the game over again two or three times and then i and then i make my determination on how he's performing now i will say there's a lot of games where i think it's a canada problem what i think is a little bit discouraging is i i think in recent weeks it's actually been more of a picket problem than a canada problem when i go back and watch the film i do see open receivers i see uh check downs by picket i see some concerning decisions and some ill-advised throws where he's trying to fit it in a tight window and i can give you a, a couple examples from last game but just one of them is on the play action on second and one, you have Darnell Washington wide open right in, in the flat. And, and I know that he has to see him. He might be trying to make something bigger happen. And he's lucky the ball was an interception when he tried to thread the needle to Deontay Johnson on the sideline, not giving yourself any space to work with. And the ball was thrown behind. I think there's been some accuracy issues this year. And when you look at the overall sample, Shane, and this is, I, I think more than anything else, What's most concerning to me, it was specifically when we look at just this last game, you had a beautiful pocket for most of the game. You had an awesome rushing attack that ran for over 200 yards and punched in a pair of scores. And despite the pocket working in your favor uh, and in all the things you had going for you, holding the, the Green Bay under 20 points in this game, you still didn't make any of these big time throws. And you have one pass, one completion of over 20 yards. There was not a single pass that was even attempted Shane beyond five yards in the middle of the field. And so again, it's, uh, the, some will point to that being a candidate issue. I saw some opportunities that were missed there. And so it truly is a combination of both. And we look at sharing the blame as a, as a pie. It's not somebody eats the whole pie and, and nobody gets blamed at all. You have to divide the pie in the blame where it belongs. And then that includes Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett, 
a George Pickens at times. I, I noticed in the all 22, there were times where Pickens was not running his route hards. And it makes me a little bit concerned with uh, his effort on these plays because this 22 year old should not be getting gassed. I, I think that sometimes he just needs to go a little bit more all out to help his young quarterback. So it, it is a combination of both. However, I will say over these past three or so games, I think that that Pickett's eating the biggest piece of that pie right now. I really do. I think that he is the, the biggest to blame for the struggles. And it, what's sad, Shane, is at this stage, we should be seeing at least a gradual improvement. And if anything, I think we've seen a little bit of a decline. And that's not what you want from your 25-year-old quarterback. Pickett's going to be 26 going into the next season. And after that year, they're really going to have to make a determination of where they want to go with this team. And, and you and I both said we would like to see Kenny Pickett disconnected from Matt Canada. Like we know that Canada is a problem in some sense, how big the yeah. problem is. We don't know how, how much is him, how much is Pickett. At least if we saw this year, Pickett uh, separated from Canada, then we might be able to, to gauge, all right, Pickett, you are a really big problem or okay. Maybe, maybe it was more Canada. Now that we don't have that, we're going to spend a third year on Pickett. And is, is it going to be, worth doing that knowing the quarterback classes coming up knowing how little we've seen out of Kenny Pickett I mean his QBR dropped significantly from his rookie season to now and that's not the sign that you want to see and even this game against the Packers 14 of 23 a mere 126 yards 5 5.5 yards in attempt like if you look at any measurable stat raw numbers EPA efficiency whatever you want to do Pickens is near the bottom of the list in everything and the only thing that you can say that he's not in is quarterback wins, which mm -hmm. again, though, this is really more of a team spat, a team stat. And I know that if you look at, it, you really want to break down the context with that. Every single one of Pickett's seven game winning drives that he's had in his career, the Steelers defense has never allowed more than 17 points in any of those games. And so the context matters there. Those defense are as much, if not more on TJ Watt and the defense than they are on the spectacular play of Kenny Pickett in those games. So yes, he has been clutch in those moments. I don't want yes. to take that away from yeah. him. He has been clutch when it matters the most, but for the first three and a half quarters of the game, you need to be getting better than the 28th to 30th best quarterback in the league. That's not going to cut it. Uh, it again, this formula, it seems to be working out somehow, Shane, for the regular season. When you go against Tua, who's going to put up 350, 380 yards against your defense, how are you going to, do these things in the playoffs against superior offenses. If you have nothing to rely on and you called it like this offense just has no firepower to match these teams. And I think that's the most concerning part is knowing Pickett's ceiling has been very capped right now, which caps the whole upside of the offense that even when you get a 205 yard rushing game with two rushing scores and, and you are uber efficient rushing the football uh, that you still can't manage to find a way to put up more than 23 points in that game. This, These are the types of things that are concerning to me. I think they should be concerning to all fans. Yeah, I think you said a lot of things that I echo. Uh, the thing I want to start with, because I do have a lot to talk about with this one, because I spent a lot of time thinking about this uh, since the game. I've spent a lot of time, you know, obviously I do the quarterback report card for slowcurtain.com if you guys check that out. So I grade his performance every week. I think the thing that I want to start with, though, is less about him per se, but more so about the process under which the Steelers selected him and have, have tried to develop him. I think when you draft a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, who he was billed as more of the like the pro-ready guy, which in some ways he is, but there's certainly things about his game that were not really great for starting out in the NFL, the pocket presence, you know, all that stuff. When you draft a guy like that, if you still leave the training wheels on, if you don't let him go out and actually just play quarterback for you and be part of the reason that you win and not just the reason you don't lose, you're never going to know for sure who he is. And I think they are so hell bent on competing at the highest level they possibly can, no matter what, that they're not, they're, they're basically afraid to find out who he actually could be. And that's the most disappointing thing for me because there's things that I've seen from him where I'm like, okay, I get it. There's some throws as rookie year this year. I'm like, oh, I see what I think they saw in him. And the clutchness is a few, huge thing. I'm sure they expected that from him. But they don't seem interested in actually letting him find out if he can be that kind of quarterback all the time. They only let him kind of do his thing once they have to because they need points. They need to let him throw the football. And 
when he does, when he's in those situations, he does play better. I don't know if he plays well enough to guarantee that he's going to be a good starter if you let him do it more often, but there's flashes at least occasionally. However, I agree with you in the sense that he has declined as a player in his second season in certain aspects. He has not improved upon the things we saw at the end of last year that got him through a lot of those games and got us to a lot of wins. Last year, I think he was a bigger part of these wins than he is even this year. Like this year just kind of feels like he has his one drive in the fourth quarter and that's that's all he gets and that's fine. But I think we're going to not know who Kenny Pickett is by the time he's done here. And that's going to be the most disappointing thing. There's things when you watch on film and you talked about it, the middle of the field is lava for him. And it's not just Canada. I do think if they really wanted to attack the middle of the field, because he doesn't see the field well right now, because he's not getting past his first or second read very often, they need to start scheming stuff in the middle of the field for him to throw to. But as we all know, the middle of the field is where turnovers happen the most often because, you know, whether it's linebackers flashing in front of the front of the play, tip balls up in the air, high throws, which he has had issues with this year and accuracy wise, that is where you get turnover. Mm-hmm. And we know Mike Tomlin hates nothing more in the NFL than turnovers. Clearly he's kind of built his entire identity on forcing turnovers and not allowing turnovers. It's kind of his whole thing. And I think that's where the issue really starts is the identity of the team does not line up with allowing a young quarterback to flourish or to find himself. This is where a bridge quarterback mm-hmm. should be. Like there's a reason they signed Mitch Trubisky because they knew like, okay, well, Mitch is either going to you know give us adequate player. He's going to try to do something. He might get turned, like might turn the ball over, whatever. They probably should have been a team that employs a bridge quarterback until either they are ready to elevate the offense and feel comfortable allowing a young quarterback to go out there and throw the ball or just try to make it work with a quarterback like Kenny like they are, but they're never going to know how good he actually can be. Like they, They're not set up to do that. They don't seem interested in doing it, and it is on him to a certain degree. I definitely think that he's playing poorly, and I'm starting to wonder if he even would be able to mm. do it if given the opportunity. But, again, I still think the most disappointing thing is we might never actually know the answer. Yeah, I mean, that might be true. And and what I said before, uh, before the Steelers even drafted Pickett, when I was in the process of evaluating these quarterbacks minute, I spent a lot of hours uh, looking at the film of these guys, and I just didn't love the class in general. But what I said concerned me about Pickett is you cannot get stuck with a Daniel Jones level guy. And this is before Daniel Jones got even worse as, as time went on. And so... Uh, that player is just not going to get the job done. And and the thing is, you got to ask yourself right now, how many other quarterbacks can be doing what Pickett is doing? Completing 14 of 23 passes, throwing the ball to the sidelines, avoiding the middle of the field, having very mediocre games, and the Steelers winning because of their splash plays on defense. Like, If we're being realistic with ourselves, there are 30 other NFL quarterbacks probably that can be doing what Pickett is doing yeah. right now for the Steelers. And maybe they're not six and three. Maybe they're maybe they're one game better, one game worse. But I, I think that uh, what he's offering is not special. And so when we get to the contract talks next uh, following offseason and beyond, I'm not even thinking about it unless the improvement goes up. Like you want to be winning games because of your quarterback at times because it's a, such a quarterback driven league that a lot of that success relies on that. Can you, can you be a guy that carries your team in the postseason and it overcomes it and has uh, all these big plays. And so those are the things we have yet to see from him. Uh, and I just don't know if it's going to happen. Like it's, if this trend continues Shane from the, the rest of the season until now, uh, I, I will, I will be ready to, to kind of turn the page. Yeah, and I think – so we have a comment here from uh, Carl Stull. It looks like I think that's how you would say that. Uh, he can be. They're not ready for him to be. They've only been aggressive on offense when they need the points. Until then, they're conservative. And I, I think that's kind of mm-hmm. the point that I was making <clears throat> is that ultimately yeah. they don't seem interested in having an offense that is the reason that they win. They want their offense mm-hmm. to be the reason they don't lose. And when you do that in the NFL – you cannot sustain that for long-term success, and you also can't develop a quarterback that way. That's why I was saying, like, yep. like for example, do we think that like Andy Dalton could do could run this offense? Oh yeah, yeah. he's not even one of the starting quarterbacks in NFL right now. Granted, you could argue he could be because Bryce Young is struggling, but that's beside the point. Mm. It, they don't ask enough of Kenny for us to learn much about him, but when they mm. do ask him to do more, 
it's hit or miss. When they ask him to do it outside of the fourth quarter, it tends not to work so well. Or if he tries to force the issue himself. And I think that's the other thing is they've kind of neutered his playmaking ability. That was what separated him in his senior season at Pitt was, you know, he was mm-hmm. very similar throughout his whole four years of college before that, where he was a good college quarterback, but he, he didn't have a ton of athletic traits. He's a good athlete, not a great one, not a good great arm, but a good arm. Like all of that was the case. And then you saw in the senior season, he has Jordan Addison obviously helping, which, you know, we've seen him in the NFL now. He was definitely a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, that shows you how important it is to have weapons, although we have them he was able to make a lot of plays outside the pocket because frankly, he wasn't comfortable in the pocket a lot of the time, but he was on the run. He was making throws down the field. That's not happening in this offense. Like they're not, they don't want him to do that because unfortunately that is also how you turn the ball over trying to make, you know, Mm -hmm. do too much. And even within the confines of this offense, he still does too much. Sometimes like we talked about the throw on the sideline to Deontay that just wasn't there. I think he's going to start pressing and that's what I worry about the rest of the year is if he starts to press, if he starts to just feel the pressure kind of coming in of like, I need to start producing more. I need to start being a better part of this team. I need to start being the reason we win. We might start to struggle, but at least we'd probably find the answer to who he is. Like, I think there's a balance here of like, I don't want this team to obviously stop winning because the goal is to win, but winning the way they do is only going to probably set us up for future questions that we don't have answers to. It's really, yeah. it's a really weird spot, and I feel for Steelers fans who just want to accept that this is who the team is, be happy about the wins. I would love mm-hmm. to be you. I'll be honest with you. Just going to be honest. I wish I didn't have this point, this perspective, and I didn't understand the game the way that I do because it'd be a lot more fun to watch this team. That just going to be honest with you, and I, you know, I applaud you for for being able to watch this team and enjoy it. I just know, and I think you know too, Tommy, that at the end of the day. If we have to go into Arrowhead mm-hmm. Stadium against the Chiefs and we're down 14 points in the fourth quarter, we cannot win. There is no circumstance where we can win the game. And that is what we ultimately want. And, yeah, is it is it hard expectations to put on a team that isn't as good as the Chiefs? Of course. But we're talking about the Steelers here. This is not the Browns who are having their first good season in a long time. This is not other teams that just don't find themselves in this position. We have expectations that other teams don't have, good or bad, right or wrong. Mm. And the fact that we're choosing to build the team the way we are and win the way we are, it just doesn't feel the way that you'd like it to feel, I think, ultimately. Yeah, Shane, it it feels like the Steelers have plateaued in a sense. And honestly, you can go as far back as like 2018, where Mm -hmm. they're trying to get by with an older Roethlisberger and just throwing for six yards and getting the ball out quick. Like, I think that's kind of when it started and you can kind of see that the more you study, the more you can see like, all right, Mike Tomlin's philosophy of winning might be outdated. And this is, this is where uh, fans like you and I, who, who really do a lot of uh, in-depth studying of this team can kind of, can kind of uh, feel it out and see, all right, is this sustainable for success in the postseason? Because that's what the Steelers are lacking. I mean, we're, we're going on six, seasons this will be six years without a playoff win if they don't get this year that's a long drought no other Mm -hmm. head coach in the league has kept their job in that long of a drought uh and and so that's what i'm saying uh needs to happen and so shane and i we we love the steelers obviously we do we want we want to be fired up and optimistic about the things they do have going for them that's why i like to touch on i i I love the rookie class i think it's Mm going to be awesome I, i think that the tj is still playing very good football i think their defense still has splash splash playability uh, and they're finding ways to win all these games. It just it always comes down to philosophy. Yeah. Is Tomlin's philosophy in check with what works for today's game? And knowing that the rules are different. You can't hit guys like you used to be able to on defense. Most of the rules favor the offensive side of the ball. And the fact that you're not capitalizing on your offense, uh, it might need they just might need a shift, honestly, Shane. And, and so we'll see how things go here. We're, we'll see what everybody's feeling after the season if if things can improve at all but you're right i mean i I do think that the philosophy in general is hamstringing uh kenny pickett in his maximum upside whatever that may be and maybe it's limited to begin with because i i wasn't a huge fan of pickett's arm but we did see playmaking ability at times with the scrambling around and making throws on the runs like he does some things really well uh let him do those type of things and i i feel like sometimes you have to you have to live with risks sometime because it, it what it, what good does it do you shane if you go the rest of the season limiting risk picket finishes with four interceptions the rest of the way doesn't never throws a pick the rest of the year but you're scoring 18 19 points a game 
and you go and get smacked in the playoffs because somebody gets up 10 points on you and you can't come back. Like this is my, my problem with the overall team philosophy of let's play good defense. Uh, we'll, we'll take the ball away and we won't give the ball away. And, and I think there needs to be more to it than that. Yeah. And I, I'll say what I said on the show the other day that I do now that it feels like Mike Tomlin is like a masochist or something. Like he wants it to be more difficult. Like he thrives in these situations, which at the end of the day, that is a good thing. And so I don't want to sit here and say like, this is not a situation where I think that, and, and I think this is the thing that struggles, I struggle with. Like if you look at fans and how they feel about Tomlin, especially you can say that Mike Tomlin is doing a great coaching job. You can say that he is a great coach, but you can also acknowledge that it kind of feels like he's almost making it hard on himself on purpose where it's like, Mike, you don't have to employ Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator. You do not have to run out the same 30 year old DBs every week. You don't have to like all these things you're doing that clearly are making it more difficult. You don't have to do it just to prove that you can win these games. Like we get it. We know you don't lose. We know you're not going to lose a lot of games. It's okay. Try to elevate this team instead of making it hard because it really feels, obviously he's not doing that on purpose. We know that, but it kind of still feels like it, doesn't it? Like, it's just like it's really difficult to sit there and watch the team and go, man, they're doing everything they yeah. possibly can to maximize the upside. They're not doing that. He wants to win by any means necessary. And if that means limiting the upside to making sure that you can win these types of games, then he's going to do it. But mm. we know that, especially the past six years without a playoff win, at some point for him to get back to the multiple playoff wins, back to you know, obviously the Super Bowl is the goal. It's not going to work doing it this way. It just isn't, especially not consistently. Anybody could go on a run, and people always go back to the Nick Foles Super Bowl with the, with the Eagles. The problem is Nick Foles was really freaking good in the playoffs. Like he was, it yeah, wasn't was like good. they were winning despite him. Mm-hmm. He was awesome in the play. They got a yeah. big run out of him, not just him being the quarterback and the defense carried them all the way. The defense was great most of the time, but you're not going to get that type of offensive production with this team. And until you can you're always going to be limited by what you can do. Yeah. And Shane, I would say that, and I've said this in the past, I think my philosophy, if I was in charge, like it or not, I would see what you have in your quarterback. I would not restrict him, hamstring him in any way. I would let him, uh, I would let him be involved in the playmaking process where he can call some of the things that he was familiar with. We talked about uh, repeatedly how, his heat map was red hot in the middle of the field in college and ice cold on the boundaries. And yet we're doing the opposite for him right now in Pittsburgh, the Steelers above anything else, they need to find out what they have in Kenny Pickett because it is so hard to win in this league, especially in the playoffs and especially winning a Super Bowl If you do not have a quarterback and if they don't have one in Pickett, you need to find that out. Like one way or the other, you have to find out what you have in this guy. So good or bad. I think that they need to, kind of just let him rip it a little bit more because we saw like even in this game where you're playing an inferior opponent uh, that was depleted on the defensive side of the ball, you still scored 23 points and you had a very unspectacular game at the quarterback position. They just need to find out this year. It needs to be this year. Find out what you have in him. Yeah. And one last comment before we uh, close the show up here for today, there's a lot of analytics that goes in the coaching. One of that one that I'm guaranteeing they're looking at is the fact that they are 22 and one where they don't turn the ball over. Exactly. We all know that not turning the ball over tends to lead to wins. That's just how it generally works. But I think Mm -hmm. the issue ultimately is can you reliably play good teams and not turn the ball over to begin with? So obviously you have to make your offense not turn the ball over. But can you keep the other team off the field enough and can you keep them from scoring enough that it matters? Because you see teams in the NFL nowadays that have the big offenses. Like Josh Allen this year, it's been a struggle for their offense, but it's more so because of other things than just him turning the ball over. But he's led the league in interceptions since he came in the league. And he's been a top, they've had a top five offense the past three years. And this year, it's only, it's only this year they've started to struggle a little bit for other reasons. You can be a top five team and a top five offense while turning the ball over if you're good enough. But there's a balance missing here. It's not so much like I don't want them to turn the ball over two times a game to score 28 points. Like that's not going to always win you games because the other team is probably going to score 30 because you gave them the ball two times. Mm -hmm. But if you can score 24, 25 points a game, maybe turn the ball over a couple more times in the year, that's worth it because now you up the ceiling. You can actually beat teams that score 20 points on you. There's, yeah. It's really a balance thing. And I agree like to mm-hmm. not turn the ball over is one of the best ways to win football games in the NFL. 
but it, even that has its limitations. Yeah, it's a fair point that that Carl raises here with the, yes. the Steelers' record. Obviously, when they don't turn the ball over, it's just it's not very sustainable to have a good offense when you don't turn the ball over. And this is where we go back to the conversation uh, that we just had about this method, this philosophy that Tomlin has. It is working for the regular season. We've we're seeing that. I mean, the Steelers have still made the playoffs despite some unspectacular uh, circumstances and rosters in recent years. They've made it a couple times, but what happened in those times when they played against the Browns, when they played against the Chiefs, they got absolutely hammered with yeah. no chance of a return in either one of those games. Like they were just blown out of the water. And so this is where I, I do think that uh, you have to find the right balance. You can't just be just crazy gung-ho like Jay Cutler just winging the ball everywhere over the field. Right. But at the same time, you have to be more aggressive than what Pickett has been. You have to be more aggressive than what Matt, Matt Canna's offense has allowed for. Because if you don't increase the upside of this offense by the time you get into the playoffs, you can't just all of a sudden enter the postseason and say, we're going to play a different style of football now. Yeah, like, yeah you have to start now and show that you're capable of having a 30-point game. If the Steelers aren't capable of a 30-point game, it is incredibly unlikely that they make it to the Super Bowl because you are going to go against the best of the best. And the, it's, it's, it's very likely that one of those games, you allow a 30 point contest to one of these great AFC quarterbacks. So, and if they don't do that, and it means again, you're winning on the backs of your defense. Can you even do that in today's NFL? Like how the, things have changed so much, like even since like the Seahawks Super Bowl uh, defensively, where you can't have the dominant, dominant defenses, like we've seen a decade ago. And so it, it makes me wonder, can you even do that right now with the way the rules are in favor of the offense? I just, we just need to see more. And, and, and again, great point, but I think it's finding that balance and you do need to add a little bit more risk in my opinion, to potentially increase the upside of your offense, because right now the upside of the offense is so limited that you're, you're not going to be able to win in the postseason. I think that's a great way to close it off, Tommy. I think you're totally right. I think there's a balance missing from this team. And until they find a balance for the passing game, being able to create some big plays. And, like, we've we've seen examples of it. I mean, we had the big touchdown to Pickens in the Browns game. Austin had the big touchdown yeah. as well earlier in the year. Like, we've seen it work. It's just they feel like – and Tom always says this. They're not in their fears. It kind of feels like they're in their fears. That's what it feels like. I think they're afraid of changing things up. And I, I talked about it in the uh, big article I did about the Steelers being broken a while back now. It feels like the Killer B era and how it played out kind of scared Tomlin off of this, you know, let's go for big offensive performances type of style. And I think there's elements he could take from that to, to better improve his team and his methodology. But I think he's gone all the way to the other end instead of may, maybe settling in the middle. That's where a lot of the issues I think stem from, but that'll do it for us this week, uh, guys. So catch us tomorrow. We do have our main still curtain show that again, we'll talk about the game more in depth and we'll talk about the matchup with the Browns coming up next week. Uh, you can follow me at Shane Kubis as always. Same thing with Tommy Jagai here. Make it real easy for you. Just our names. So if you see that here, you can join us there, uh, but definitely uh, see you guys next time. And of course, go Steelers, despite our questions with the team. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.